Welcome to the second edition of the DJ Force X podcast. I want to thank everybody that downloaded the first one last week with David from Calling All Astronauts. It's very much appreciated and your feedback has been uh, brilliant, quite frankly, because I'm still learning how to do this. So I'm trying to iron out all the gremlins and whatnot um, audio-wise and to get my flow on as an interviewer. On this week's podcast, we've got Mark from the Karma Party coming up but before that got a little bit of news got myself a day job yay i can hear you all scream uh my radio show has been picked up by a second station here in florida it's on the mix radio network on saturday nights at 11 p.m eastern time that's about four o'clock in the morning for you UKers, but it's for the for the american audience my show is normally on tuesday nights uh on total rock at 11 o'clock on uk time But anyway, enough of that. Let's kick into this week's interview. Enjoy. Welcome to the DJ Force X podcast. This week we have Mark from UK punk step band The Karma Party. Welcome, Mark. How are you doing? I'm all right, man. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. It's... Nice, but thanks for having us anyway. Yep, no problem. No problem. Um, okay, to start with, um, should we give, uh, can we give the audience a breakdown of your band? Yep, certainly. How, how long you've been around, history, things like that. Cool. Uh, well, we've been going for about three years. Um, we've got um, a couple of us started from a different band and we sort of got, the, got this together sort of after that split up. And um, we do sort of um, we do sort of punk music with electronics, and uh, you know we've been touring and and sort of putting releases out and videos and whatnot. Um, so yeah, that's just uh, that's just how we've been doing it at the minute. Yeah, cool. And, cool. and you're the front man, right? I am the front man. I am the singer. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Cool. Um, okay, we'll talk about your current release, uh, Illuminations. Super, um, yeah. It's a five-track EP which you released in August. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can you give me um, the story behind the EP? Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, well, we'd uh, put out Dark Matters, um, which was obviously our first uh, EP, and uh, we were uh, sort of reviewed in Kerrang! and all of the rest of it, and it, it sort of went really well. Um, so we did this next one. We just we didn't feel it was time to drop an album mm-hmm. at that point, and uh, we thought... We had enough tracks to do an album, but we just thought we'd we'd skim it down to like the the best five tracks of what we had. Um, so we did that, and um, you know it was recorded solely in bedrooms and just you know um, when we could do it. We didn't go to a studio to do it. We did it all by ourselves, sort of in bedrooms and back rooms and practice rooms and stuff. So cool, awesome. yeah. Awesome, yeah. No, I really enjoyed the EP. Um, I, I really enjoyed Dark Matters as well, actually, uh, which was... Was that last year that was released, or was it 2012? Well, it was the year before, so it would be 2012, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed that EP back back when that came out. Um, and this one was really good, and like you said, you, you picked your five strongest songs, because yeah. I can't... I, every track on that EP is strong. I was like, I was listening to it a few times, and it was like... Yeah, there's uh, there's not much else you can... Uh... I thought it was a perfect... Yeah, I thought it was just, you know, um, we chose a dynamic to it as well where 
you know, we, we really thought about sort of, you know, how to structure it. How, how would you best structure a five-track EP? Yeah. And we sort of went through sort of, you know, the opening track and, and sort of how it would flow um, into the final sort of the final song. So uh, it's really thought, thought out EP and, uh, you know, we, I think we were all really happy with it as well. So Excellent, excellent. Now, I was, I was going to say, sorry, my, my phone rang to that. <laughs> um, um yeah no i no, i was gonna say i mean the, the 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 ep itself it really struck me as um no offense to the genre itself of punk but it's kind of sounded the same for a while apart from like unless it's like been diluted by the sort of big boys of the punk genre yeah um, where you guys i felt take it that step forward um it it was just like melding the the the, the punk sound with the electronic sound in, yeah. that, in that manner um i haven't I, well I, I haven't really heard it before in that way i've heard it in different um settings yeah like back uh pit shifter for one really, really? like um yeah. they they kind of had that punky edge to them but they were more they came from an industrial background certainly did yeah um whereas this the, your ep it really like um i'm trying to find the words it <laughs> it really brings the punk sound into what i feel is today's sound yeah, where it yeah. was, it wasn't saturated with the electronics. It didn't fall into that cyberpunk genre. Yeah, um, I mean, if you I think, it, sorry, dude. Yeah, no, I, th- I was just going to say, I think it was really important to us at the time to make, um, you know, good songs away from sort of the aesthetics of the electronics and stuff. So, you know, that the electronics was kind of like the cherry on top. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like, we we wanted to make songs that stand up. You know, almost just on an acoustic guitar, you know, we could play those yeah. songs and they'd still sound good. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I can hear a lot of influences within your sound as well. Um, yeah. I, I mean, from it, I pulled uh, The Streets. Yeah. Uh, like, bad, like Bad Brains, One Minute Silence, um, Plan B, and stuff like that. I really like that. That's the kind of vibe I got from it. it yeah. Kind of falls, I'm, I'm talking about Plan B's um, earlier stuff. Um, yeah. I can't remember the name of his first album, but that, that particular album where it was more street level kind yeah. of, you know, uh, part of the people, not saying his, his like soul album he did was kind of, it was a, quite a, like a, a jump from where he was before, but um, it was just, I, I, th- those are the sort of things I hear from it. I mean, are those bands that influence you or is, you know, was it yeah. more of, you know, local stuff or was it, was it those? It's a of everything. I mean, it, it's really, um, we go from, uh, I mean, what you mentioned there was perfect. I mean, the streets are a massive influence. Um, I, I, I think the bands that, you know, have really influenced over the time, uh, influences over time are like uh, Skin Dread, uh, you know, bands like Slipknot, um, which is a, a random, I, I, it might sound random, but Slipknot are sort of, you know, a big influence, especially to the drummer. Um, uh, just all that sort of, you know, electronic punk crossover that's the thing about the punk scene in the uk is it incorporates so many different genres it's not just punk it's always been sort of you know drum and bass beats electronics uh, reggae um you know all of these influence coming t- uh, coming together and um you know we we thought we'd try and harness that and sort of you know uh do that sort of crossover thing but but do it so the the tracks really are uh, stand out and they're strong and they're not really affected by the the aesthetic which is the electronics so that's cool yeah um so how how have you how has the release been i mean it's been a is it a month now 
from Austin. It's been a couple of months. Two months, uh, two months yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's been great. I, I didn't expect... I mean, you never, you never know going into the PR phase of an EP. You never know how it's going to go. Like, you, 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 you've been listening to these tracks for, what, six months to a year, and you've been uh, so close to them that it's almost impossible for you to sort of judge whether they're any good anymore. Um, you're listening to what I, what I'm listening to when I listen to it is completely different to what other people are listening to. So yeah. I just, you just don't know. And when we released it, we got sort of such a good response from it. Again, it's the second time that, you know, we've had a really good response from, from just a couple, you know, five songs yeah. um, that, you know, it was, it was pretty uh, humbling. Really. We got Kerrang to do an exclusive. We had good reviews across all the mainstream press, which as I say, you know, it's only our second EP. So, to to sort of garner that response, you know, on the second release is is brilliant. So yeah, it's always difficult the second time round. <laughs> it's, it's a nightmare because you 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 obviously have all the you know pre- I, I wouldn't say pressure, but you have all the expectancy from from the first record or from the last thing that you've put out. Yeah. You desperately don't want it to do worse than that, you know. No, it's 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 a strange thing. I mean, I, I experienced it back because um, I was in a band in the UK. Got you. And uh, we um, we released a single. Like I thought, we had a couple of demos, but we released a single, had it pressed up properly, and everything. And the response from people was really good, but the response from the press wasn't so good. Right, right. So we kind of had that, like, and then obviously we came up to the first album, and then suddenly that was like everywhere. It was, you know, top marks on fanzines and top marks in the UK press and everything. And it, it, it sort of, um, and then we came to our second album. All right, and it was it was a lot different. It was it was a because obviously the writing process is different because you yeah. had um, whereas before with your first releases, it's kind of like the collection of your demos that you've had That's for yeah. like yeah. two three years, and you you kind of you've honed those in, and people have heard them at your live shows, so your core fan base know the songs. Yeah, definitely. But when it comes to your second album, these are songs that you haven't given Don't. that time. That's it. They don't know these songs, and yeah. they haven't had the time. You haven't had the time to get to grips with them as much as well. Yeah. It's really daunting. That second release, I always think, is a really daunting uh, prospect. You know, you have to go out and you have to better your last your last record. Mm. But I think after you put it out, you realise that you shouldn't care as much. You know, you, you you should be making yourself happy and and be really content with what you're putting out. And yeah. then you know, to hell with the rest of it. That's yeah. how. Now I'm just like, well, if we don't get the reviews, I'm still putting the records out. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, we had it because we were, we were quite DIY as well um, in that respect. Apart from our, I mean, we recorded everything ourselves. So yeah, we kept yeah. that in house. But I think the second, yeah, no, the second album was released on a on a label, um, and it was a totally different experience that we didn't really. Um, enjoy <laughs> just say yeah. we, we made it to a third album though but um that's brilliant it, you know it's that's... it's that kind of like having that uh that diy process that you guys have had yeah is, is i find um i find that's a lot better for bands these days yeah i think it's because it, yeah. it gives you that understanding because the, the problem that i see these days with a lot of new bands is they don't have that um understanding they have that fresh face they'll go in they'll be that five minutes yeah and then they've disappeared because suddenly it's become slightly Uh, uh, difficult. (laughs) And it is difficult. It is difficult to, 
to come up with uh, tracks that you're really happy with, that you want everybody to hear, and you're putting yourself out there to be judged at the end of the day, and, uh, you know, to do that and be happy with it. You, I think there is a level that you have to just, like, switch off from that type of stuff in the end. You have to just be like, you'll drive yourself crazy with it, you know. You have to just be like, I don't care anymore. I'm just going to put out what I'm happy with, and, um, you know, if I'm happy with it, then it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. Yeah. So. Yeah, but we'll still send it to the magazines to see what they yeah. think. <laughs> yeah. that I hope they still, yeah, yeah, yeah. praise it. So because you know that helps to like further the band slightly. It's right? true. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a horrible sort of you know you need them at the end of the day. You need you need the press and yeah. you need them to you know hopefully you know further your career and all all the rest of it. But at the same time, you kind of have to sort of be really indignant to them and just not care. <laughs> like, yes. It's, not get too wrapped up in it, you know, because I think we, we've had, like, the odd bad review and <clears throat> I tell you, I remember those reviews almost word for word. <laughs> I don't really remember all of the good ones, but, you know, it's uh, the bad ones, I think, stay with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you have to listen to both and you have to respect both. That's the... That's uh, exactly. That's, take, that's where you yeah. grow up within your music. It's that that's kind it. of, like... You know, I always say, like, any criticism, you know, we welcome it because uh, we, you know, we want to better ourselves. And I think with each record that we do, um, we're refining the process. So it is almost like a work in progress every time, you know. Yeah. Um, the, we've just started work on the album now. So I was about to ask, are there plans uh, for an album? Yeah, yeah, we've started really uh, over the last, let's say, last five weeks, really just. Uh, getting the ideas together and just going starting the process all over again you know and uh the way that we do way that we're sort of uh coming up with the ideas is a lot more organic this time it's you know in a practice room jamming whereas last time it was kind of like layered ideas and sort of you know coming up with an idea and then building on that it's very much this time all of us in a practice room sort of coming up with the ideas and then recording the demos live so We've got a lot quicker sort of turnaround this time. Okay. So I think that was one of the things last time. It took a while to do illumination because we, we you know, we were fully in control of it, and uh, you know, we we kept on sort of uh, picking it up and and sort of doing stuff to it, and then there'd be a week or two in between it, and it, it did take a lot. Uh, well, a bit longer than we we, we would have liked, uh, just because we were fully in control of it. And I think when you don't have an external body sort of saying right, that's done now, you know, you tend to sort of stick with it for ages and sort of, you know, work on it as much as you can. Yeah. Um, but this time around, we're, we're, we're aiming to sort of get a quicker turnaround with the writing, so. Okay, when do you sort of, well, I know sort of putting dates on stuff, but when do you sort of plan to have that? I want it out by the sort of beginning of sort of next year, first quarter next year I'm looking for. Okay. Uh, so, you know, we're looking for a quick turnaround, so. Okay. Is that released on a label, or would that be released yourselves? I think it's going to be released on Beautiful Life. Um, Beautiful Life is, um, it's like a record label that um, essentially we put out Dark Matters on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we, we put out Illumination on ourselves, but I think we're, uh, we are going to put out uh, the album through Beautiful Life, which is great, so. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so yeah, I, I, have you got anything coming up? Live shows, um, anything like that? It's a bit quiet at the moment um, because we're sort of getting stuck into the the, the album. 
and we've had a few sort of changes in personnel um, uh, over recent times. So we are sort of, uh, you know, we did the festival circuit this year and as from there on, we we just said we were going to get our heads stuck into sort of getting the album out. So um, I think we're going to just do more like that. I think we're looking to drop a single first from what we're writing now and then we'll, we'll take it from there. But at the moment, yeah, no... No shows booked at the minute. Okay. Well, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah, looking to tour sort of, I would say, beginning of next year. But just at the minute, yeah, we, we really want to get a head start on, on, on the writing process. So Cool. Who would you um, ideally love to support on a tour if you could pick anyone? Um, well, you see, that's a really good question. Um, ideally, I suppose it'd be hard to <clears throat> not to say bands like Enter Shikari. Um because I just think we we go down really well with them, um, but yeah, I think uh, I don't know. That's a it's a really good question, that because uh, yeah, I've not really thought about that before. Uh, sort of like who ideally we'd we'd like to sort of go on tour with, but I think um, bands who are up and coming like uh, Marmosets and because they're brilliant. I mean, Marmot, have you heard that new album? Uh, I've, I've only heard a couple of singles. Um, Absolutely brilliant. The album. Yeah, I've, I've seen all the, the hype about them because I, um, obviously I keep my eye on what's going on in the UK, but yeah. they seem to be, all my friends seem to be very much into them at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw them uh, on the last EP and uh, they, they were, uh, they were incredible then. And then they've dropped this album, which is, I think they've done it on Roadrunner as well. Which yeah, they is- have, yeah. That's incredible for a young band, you know. So I'd like to sort of go on tour with them. Royal Blood, of course. Yeah. I, who can ignore Royal Blood in the minute? <laughs> yeah, uh, they're doing stuff here now over in the States. They're getting a few. Okay. Um, yeah, they're getting a lot of, like, the TV time and everything. That's incredible, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's fun to see bands like that come over here because you're, like, they're from the UK and you don't initially see the impact yeah, like yeah. whereas before when I was when I was living there, you'd, I'd I'd have like the radio on, so I'd have Radio One on or whatever, and and yeah. you'd have it on rotation, so you're kind of like, oh, okay, so they're the next big thing. Whereas here, you kind of hear about it, and right. then they come over here and they're playing these tiny little venues. That's great. I mean, I managed to see <laughs> um, this year the Arctic Monkeys, right? In uh, that, like where I live, there's a like an outdoor venue. It's like sort of two thousand capacity, so it's relatively small, but. Um, for $25, I got to watch them for an hour and a half play. Whereas in the UK, you get to see them for an hour, at, you know, Wembley Arena or whatever they're playing now or nice. some, whatever festival. And, it, you know, it's just it's just funny seeing that sort of band come over here. Then they started doing like all the TV shows, like the Letterman and they've got their music on a on a drinks advert. And, and, uh, like, and now they're on rotation on the radio and you're like, wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> Just it's what? great to see. It's great to see uh, sort of British bands, uh, young British bands, sort of yeah, coming over to the states. That's great. Yeah, it's whereas where it used to be the other way around. Whereas like we us in the when we're in the UK, we'd have like all these American bands come over, right, and they'd yeah. be huge. But then here, yeah. they're like you know not big at all. You know, right, they're, they're playing club venues essentially. That's- whereas in the UK, they're playing like arenas. And that's mental isn't it yeah it's just it's just crazy because when i came over here they had um when i first came i've been here for two years but uh downtown st pete where about which is, site? sorry whereabouts are you i'm in tampa right in florida so nice 
Um, it's yeah, it's, weather's nice. <laughs> but when I yeah. fir- when I first came over here, they'd like kill switch engage playing like a local venue, right? Like six hundred capacity <laughs> venue. That's incredible. And isn't they just it? they just reunited with their original singer. All oh, right, yeah. So you think yeah. you think it, they would be you know bigger venues, but no, no, they were playing that venue for it was like fifteen dollars. That's so, so yeah. I'm like sat here thinking in the UK I'd probably pay thirty pounds to go to yeah. Bri- go to Brixton to see them do the same thing. That's great. Whereas here yeah. it's like fifteen dollars, which is like ten pounds, and <laughs> and it's just like seeing that that it was it was quite weird for me because I, like I said I was in a band in the UK and we had our sort of fifteen minutes, nice. and um, it you see you sort of you grow in the venue stature. And you yeah. you feel that process, but then you see all these huge bands. Think oh, I'd love to support them. Love to go over to the states and support them and all that kind of stuff. And then you realise they're playing playing the same size venues that you are playing at that level. That's crazy. Yeah, over here and it's just like like Trivium and stuff. They they're not yeah. that big here, but they're huge in the UK and Europe. Yeah. Massive, aren't they? Yeah. It's just it's just so it, it's kind of odd. But then it's nice seeing that progression again yeah. and like getting yeah. to see these British bands come over here because then it always leads to more bands like coming over because there's yeah. that movement of brit rock or brit whatever yeah you know yeah and they 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 seem to really like that sort of stuff here that's great so that's it's um it's fun it's um but it's, it's that <laughs> strange trip kind of like trying to yeah. realize what's going you know how it's working and then like you realize that it's just the fact they've come from the states <laughs> and it, the, the magazines have said oh they're coming over yeah and the the hype behind them like with roadrunner or whatever label warner brothers yeah. it just makes it you know bigger for you in the uk so, yeah oh, no. i don't know it's crazy because <laughs> you're a political band would you agree with that or i don't know you know more social like you know uh more uh what's the word social commentary maybe. yeah social commentary yeah that's what i was looking for yeah i mean it's uh it's one of those things we always get called political and um i i don't know if that's a you know an accurate statement because you know although we talk about things that affect us um in our lives and stuff um we don't really talk about sort of politics or politicians or anything like that it's just very much how our lives are being affected um by you know the external factors um um you know the majority of our band are from Blackpool. Okay, yeah. Uh, which, uh, I don't know if you know, but Blackpool's uh, not what it used to be in regards to, you know, holiday resort. It's it's pretty run down and, you know, we've, we've been sort of, you know, used to that for, for a while now. So we, we tend to sing about things that happen or things that we see um, in our lives, you know, and it's it's very rare that you would see one of us sitting down to have a political conversation with with someone um uh you know i i personally hate politics i think politics is the problem if yeah. you will um i think there's too much too much politics and um i think basically that's that's the the, the thing that you know is, is causing all the problems so we we get labeled political all the time i think you know we have we have encouraged it a little bit because you know, it seems to be, you know, stuff that people want to talk about. But yeah. 
I wouldn't. I, I don't know. I wouldn't call ourselves political. I, you know, I'm not a political person in that sense. I try to avoid politics. Yeah, no, that's so, why I kind of went for the social commentary yeah. angle because I know a lot. A lot of like uh, political quote unquote bands. They the, the same as you. They'll, they'll they'll. It's mainly getting people to talk about it. Yeah, it's to strike that conversation to start that conversation because a lot of people sit back and they'll take whatever's whatever the powers that be whatever decision they're making they'll just take it they think you know they know what they're doing and like you said you don't like politics and mm. you think the politics is the problem it's, it's the problem. it is it's people who have like i i always found back when i was younger and more sort of active in that field it was more yeah. like the people who um who studied politics at, at, at the schools the colleges the universities and yeah. they go into politics and it's kind of like you know you're learning off the history you know of the you know the stuff that's gone before you that didn't work it didn't work yeah and yeah. and you're still regurgitating the same stuff again and again and again that's whereas it. whereas people they need people in like you know in power that have lived a life yeah you know, that understand the people that well that's the thing isn't it i don't think that it's representative of, of the people anymore at all no I think there's a massive gap between what's happening you know, on the streets um, to what's happening in Downing Street. You know, I think there's just a big, there's a really big difference between between that, you know. And um, I don't know, I think the message of our band's always just been, you know, to think for yourself. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's really, you know, sums it up, really. I think uh, don't even listen. I always say don't even listen to us. You know, listen, just, just try and find what's, what's true to yourself yeah. you know that's that's what we want to do is start that debate and uh, get people thinking for themselves so. yeah and get people um looking around their their outside their front door yeah because uh, i i like i've noticed a lot of i've got a few you know offense to any of my friends that are listening but i i see their you know, social media updates and it's it's all about what's going on in other countries which is bad don't get me wrong you know there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of a lot of real bad stuff going on you know around the world but even outside their front door there's that sort of level of stuff going on definitely you know there's there's a level of poverty like you say with with blackpool it's 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 just it's not the place it used to be no no i mean we see poverty everywhere i mean that's the thing the the issues that face a lot of these foreign countries like are happening in 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 your back door yeah just outside your back door you know it's It's uh, it's very much uh, you know a sorry state at the moment, and uh, I just don't think people are aware of it. And you know they are sort of fixated on Facebook, and uh, you know will happily share a status about something, but but aren't really you know aware of what's happening, yeah. you know, just on the streets. It's, you know, it's like and, they're kind of more concerned about the gun control issues they have here in the US. Yeah. And they are of you know the, the the say the bankers or whatever in the UK who have spent millions of robbed of money robbed people yeah. of money and yeah. got away with it. Yeah, you yeah. know uh, it's that kind of I don't get. It. I mean, obviously being here in the states, it's, it, I can see what's happening in the UK yeah. via whatever newsfeed and what you know, um, and obviously being here in the states as well, looking at what's going on here. I mean, depending on what news channel you watch, it's a different story for each thing because you've got like your typical, you know, Fox News or whatever who will over dramatize Ebola. Yeah. You know, two people have had Ebola. 
yeah. and suddenly it's an epidemic here you know yeah. you know it's coming to get you it's at your front door kind of thing mongering, isn't it? it's that, that, that's exactly what it is and we've got like uh was it the um elections going on here at the moment for like state senator type people got you right and it's yeah. just any adverts they just hate adverts it's right. like you got one guy they're both crooks the main two guys are essentially both crooks by the by the adverts that are rolling here it's typical isn't it you know and you're like i can understand sort of you know taking pot shots at your opponent yeah yeah but, you know it, it it's constant every ad break is yeah. this guy did this in 2000 That's- and now these people are profiting he was part of a posy scheme or whatever and, and he, like okay so you're telling me that i'm to vote for one criminal for another one it's crazy isn't it it's just uh smear campaigns in america isn't it i, yeah. I get to do that they do that on the adverts don't they they uh i remember uh the john kerry ones were incredible like he he looks french yeah. and you know they were doing all sorts of uh smear campaigns against him and stuff um but yeah i mean it's uh, it's it's a, it's a joke in the states, really, with with regards to politics. If if there was anywhere in in the world that's uh, messed up in regards to their elections, you know, you don't have to look uh, you don't have to look at African countries for uh, countries that are you know having having uh, vote fraud. You, you just want to look in America, you know. Yeah, right? no, I mean it's business here. Politics is business, yeah. you know, yeah. and and that's what it is. You get big business supporting various parties you get um you know they invest in the the the, the campaigns in order to yeah. get something out of it and that's the same. i mean you even vote for your um your judges around here yeah. your court judges and you're kind of like well surely they should just be you know independent of they should be. you know you get justice supreme justice you know of the whatever, uh, chief justice of the supreme court or whatever they're all voted in by people that's you know true. your sheriff is voted in uh, and you're just like, why? Because yeah. surely that should be someone coming through the ranks, getting promoted. Yeah, you know, definitely. Guy retires, deputy comes in, becomes chief. Yeah, but yeah. It, it really doesn't work in 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 law, politics, and you know, and between all that, it's all business. Yeah, that that glue that all together, and it, it's just it's a very strange thing. Yeah, you know, I mean, and not I don't think a lot of people realise that's how it works here as such yeah. i mean you'll see like in the politics business because the same in the uk you get uh newspapers investing you get you know in various parties and things like that for their campaigns but it's the same here but it's like it's more like you know the the, the oil millionaire yeah and, and and um like the electronic you know the electric supply company and stuff which like to- that which totally like you know wrecks the whole idea that you know um politicians can act impartially you know they've had like you know millions invested into their campaigns by corporate entities and therefore what are they just gonna you know uh pass legislation that ruins their their business do you know what i mean you know it's just not gonna happen i remember when obama got elected he was he was talking about um reform in the uh in the in medicine and uh, in the pharmaceutical industry, but his biggest contributor at that time was Pfizer, you know. Mm-hmm. So you, you just look at that and you, you just know he's not going to do anything. Yeah. Because, you know, they invested, what, 650 million or whatever it was, it was a ridiculous sum, you know, that they invested into him. Yeah. And he was not then going to uh, do anything that endangers their business pro- prospects, you know. Yeah. So it's... It, it, 
it's just a joke, really. I think, you know, politicians should be public servants at the end of the day. Yeah. That's, that's what they are, you know. Um, especially, you know, here as well, it's the same. We have, you know, corporations investing in their campaigns. And uh, at, the end of the, at the end of the day, it just, uh, it ruins them. You know, it ruins their ability to govern. Yeah. They should just pay a minimal wage and no one should be investing in them and they should just, you know, be public servants as I see it. Yeah. Less government. I think that's the answer, isn't it, at the end of the day? Yeah, yeah. It's becoming a, like, you know, a PLC or a limited company, you know. <laughs> you have like the Tories, you know, limited. Or, yeah. <laughs> and that's essentially what they are. They're just yeah. businesses trying to make, you know, they give themselves pay rises, you know, they, 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 but they control, it's like they control too much. They do. They do. They control everything in the UK now. They're like where you can smoke, what, you know, what you can say almost. I, I saw this uh, legislation that's been put through regards online, oh, what was it? Online trolls, apparently, you know, and now you, you can serve up to two years in jail. Really? For saying the wrong thing. Now, I understand if you're threatening rape on someone, that's like illegal and you shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't be able to do that. But you just know that they're using these sensationalized media, you know, uh, stories to, to push through the ability to, to stop somebody, you know, uh, talking badly about the government. It's just, it's bound to happen. And, uh, I, I, there's just a, a weird sort of thing going on in the UK with freedom of speech at the minute. And uh, yeah. I think that's that's something that's really really worrying for me uh, as a as an artist as well. Freedom of speech is you know the, the one of the most important things. Yeah, you know, I don't want to be you know getting in trouble or or be worried about what I can say publicly as a as a singer. You know. Yeah. No, that's yeah. that's fair enough. I mean, it's like it's like this. I'm, I mean, I'm new to the podcasting world right. as such, but there are no rules on this. Mm. You know, you can you can pretty much say anything that, right. that you feel you want to say, and there's no laws against you. You know, unless you're you know using slander or anything like that against someone. Yeah. Um, but this it's a medium that I was like, because I I didn't have the outlet before. I've got the radio show, which yeah, is, which is purely music, right? Um, right. And it's just me sort of like introducing and you know introing and outroing. Yeah, That's pretty much it. There's no like commentary during it um, but whereas this i felt like there is no boundary yeah to what this yeah. can do i mean I, I like back back years ago early internet i used to run an internet fanzine so right my my history of music goes back to my like mid-teens that's brilliant with, with yeah. it, you know and um i sort of stopped that when i joined the band because it came really difficult to do both yeah yeah review bands while you're in a band it kind of you, you know you want to make friends with other bands you don't want to like start critiquing everyone yeah, so I stopped, I stopped yeah. it. I turned it around. I turned it into like a promotions company. So I was putting okay. on gigs, you know. Um, and then, uh, like as as I moved over here, I had because I was a nightclub DJ as well. Right, rock, right. Rock clubs in the UK, sort of uh, Mount South, Southern UK, anyway. Right, um, right. And I came over here and suddenly didn't have that outlet. So, right. <laughs> so and then I thought, okay, and I'll, I'll sort of start this. So I started looking into it, and there are no rules. There's no one governing podcast and it's a great way of getting your stuff across because i listen to plenty you know i've i've sort of listened to various other people be it you know um you know just sort of general sort of geek culture or you know yeah. just general life really yeah and, and it is you can you know you can express anything of it and it's a it's a and they're saying that it's a great way of getting across because you don't have like the 
restrictions of radio. There's no broadcast law on it. Obviously, yeah. you know, there are some aspects you don't want to talk about or, you know, you shouldn't talk about. Yeah, yeah. In in that respect, you know, you don't want to start, start spreading hate or anything. No, definitely um, not. But, no. I mean, there are podcasts out there that will, you know, support, you know people will, will have that. Yeah. You know, you'll have your, you know, agendas. But with this, it's great. You can speak freely. You can, you know, have your own opinion and you can just put it up. And if people want to download it, if they agree with you, great. If they don't, then, you know... They don't have to listen to it, exactly. They don't have to listen to it, exactly. They can... You can subscribe to it or you can just not. And it's just out there now. That's brilliant. You know, and it's just that it's giving... It's giving me that freedom to talk about stuff that, you know, normally I wouldn't get to talk about. I think it's important, man. I think it's really important for people to... Be ext- at this time, especially, I think it's really important for people to be expressing, you know, their views on on things because you know a lot of our views are getting quashed, and you know, um, freedom of speech is getting narrowed down now. So to be able to uh, have a format that you can you can talk openly about stuff, I think that going forward as well, that's going to be essential. You know, mm. I really think that's going to be. We need public forums. We need to be able to. Uh, to speak and not just sharing news stories on Facebook. I mean, properly, uh, you know, express ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, know. that's what I've had with that. Cause I obviously, I mean, I'm here, I mean, I've got friends here, but we're not like everyday social like I was in the UK. Yeah. It, and it, and it's, it's, you know, whereas I could sit with my friends wherever in the UK and we could just chat about it, chat about stuff, you know, and, and, and this, um, gives me that opportunity now that I've got this, you know, set up in order to say i mean like i said i'm in the states you're in the uk so we're talking you know (laughs) and that that i'm using that technology to kind of get that um those you know the the words out there so people can listen you know strike up a conversation with someone give someone an idea they can go off and run with it you know and that that's sort of my um thing with this because like here i'm still not sure what i can, can and cannot talk about Right, right. <laughs> you know, right. whereas everyone, there's so many different views. If I came over here and say, like, you know, I'm anti-gun. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly everyone's like, oh, it's in our rights, in our constitution. Yeah. I'm like, okay, all right, fine. It's a big kettle of fish, that one, isn't uh, it? It's huge. It's it's yeah. ridiculous, but it's, you know, and I, I've avoided conversations like that because I've seen the backlash that people get. Yeah. And I know, I know some of the people I speak to are pro-gun. Yeah, you know, yeah. and that's within their, you know, they're not they're not carrying it where they're bringing their kids to school or anything, which is oh, okay. which, which makes me feel better because then there's nothing near the school <laughs> that can. But oh, it's just stuff like that. It, it, it's it's an odd. I mean, I, I can sort of chat about music with people. Yeah, because that's a good like I'm doing right now with you guys. It, yeah, it's it's that easy. You know, it's a good segue into a conversation. Definitely, but yeah. when you bring up stuff, you know, they'll start asking you about. I mean, religion's a huge thing here. Massive. You go. You can't go a quarter of a mile without seeing a church. That's crazy. Of of some random sub, you know, section of religion. (laughs) They've got so many offshoots of you know the sort of main religions. It's really strange. I mean, we're near the. um, I'm about ten, fifteen miles from the Church of Scientology. No way. Really? Yeah. (laughs) And like that. That's a big thing around here because in Clearwater, which is like I say, like ten, fifteen miles away from where I live. Yeah, that's where their main church is. Right, right. So you've got stuff like that here, which is really strange. That's crazy. You're like, you, you hear so many stories about them, you know, you, yeah. or you, you know, the obviously Tom Cruise and whatever are all part of the yeah. same thing, and you're like, oh, okay. And then you hear all the, you know, how sort of 
strictly their run and it's just oh, wow. very strange you know that's... i'm all for people practicing what they believe that's fine yeah. you know yeah. I, i'm not you know i don't anti the people i just i don't agree with most of it it's yeah. just it's just like with so many here it's just a different world over there i think isn't it yeah. i mean uh everything's triple xl over there you know yes um, but you know saying that i've only ever been to the states once so i've never really had the chance to to see it but you you just uh you hear everything don't you about all, all the different religions they've got over there and yeah divisions and you know it is it is a bit crazy well it's mental to me anyway because um i well i, I don't i wouldn't say i'm sort of an atheist but I have a completely different view on religion and spirituality to to sort of you know most people over here, and it's just it's it's a bit mental, isn't it? And yeah. you, in the UK, I, I kind of feel like it's still very much your own thing. You know, it's not pushed on anyone. If you ha- if you are religious, it's you know you you don't have to talk about it. You don't feel like you have to convert every single person that's near you to it. It's just. Mm-hmm your personal belief but i don't think it's that way over over there in the states is it it's very much like a a recruitment thing it it, yeah that's essentially it i mean it is um it's very strange because it's like i mean i was i I went to a like church of england school yeah you know every morning you're singing hymns saying prayers you go to the church down the road yeah um whereas here i mean the school my kids go to they haven't pushed anything on them uh because there's a lot of different different religions and obviously their parents will take them to school they'll take yeah. them to church on sundays and stuff um but they're like when they like my kids have to do like the pledge of allegiance in the morning and <laughs> that that mentions god in, yeah. in that so it, it's it's kind of um it's very odd i mean i'm not that i'm gonna you know i'll let my kids make up their own mind Definitely. yeah that's uh, the right uh, thing to do yeah. it's it's that kind of i mean they're only young i mean they're five and six years old so you know i'm not gonna you know but some of their friends go to church and things right so it's kind of you know that it's not really been broached with us yet they're not saying right. why don't we go to church give it time yeah no i know i'll get there and there'll be other <laughs> questions as well i'm waiting for because they're both girls so they <laughs> but it, it's it's just um it is very strange. It's just like you walk, you, you, you can't, like I said, you can't go like a quarter of, quarter of a mile and not see a church. No, and it's just like, you know, you've got a subdivision of the Baptist church. You've got a subdivision of, you know, Catholic or Greek Orthodox or whatever. And it's just that kind of, how many do you need? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they, 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 they're run on money as well. You get, they get donations. Of course they get, they. You know, of course- yeah, yeah. But their fundraisers are like business fundraisers. They're not like UK where you have like a, a tombola <laughs> and a cake sale. You have the massive ones over there as well, don't you? They're like yeah. the mega churches, and yeah. uh, it's just mental to it's it's so far removed from what I, as an English person, perceive religion to be. Religions like you know we have these old. You know, in the UK, we have these old, like, derelicts, you know, churches that have been there for years and years and years. And they're just like, you know, it's very, a very select few people, well, especially from where I live, like, that, that, would, that go to these services and stuff. The, the churches aren't full whatsoever, and it's not pushed. You know, I don't think I, I've ever seen a sign in the UK for religion, but I hear in the States there's billboards and all sorts of, yeah. you know, advertising campaigns and and whatnot and you just think to yourself well it seems to be more of a product doesn't it and yeah. it, it, it's not necessarily a uh, 
uh, a faith is very much like uh, branding and uh, you know you are this type of religion and you know I think I, it's, it's just completely foreign to me uh yeah, you know, I don't, I don't understand it at all. I don't, I don't want to either. Yes. No, it, it's it's a thing that I'm not going to get into. It's uh... the different people. It's different things. It can be, you know, food or drugs or, you know, um, all sorts of different things. Um, you know, for some people, it's it's you know religion and and feeling, you know, accepted as part of that group. Um, but I've never understood crutches of that that type. You know, I've never really. You know, understood it. I, I, I guess it's just it's just per, a personal thing, isn't it? So. Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. Um, so, okay, so what? Uh, on tour, have you done? Mm. Have you done many tours? We've done. We have. We've done a few tours. Yeah, so, um, since what, since we started. Okay. What um what I'm trying to get with with some of my um podcasts is that I, I've been uh, writing a cookbook, right? But specifically for touring bands, right? Now this is like to stop like you know because obviously people that you know you think like mcdonald's is cheap kfc you know all the sort of fast food which essentially it's not a great energy builder for you on tour i mean looking at looking at myself i mean i'm a big guy but you know on tour when i had to like you know i'd eat mcdonald's you know i'd i'd be eating whatever fast food because it was cheap and you know it was food yeah, um, yeah. So what I've started to do after a while is like, well, what can I cook on tour? You know, you've got bare minimum stuff. Is there anything particular? <laughs> I know this is probably... <laughs> I hadn't thought about it, but is there anything particular you'd, you'd um, suggest food-wise on tour? I tell you, it's... Uh, see, being on tour is a tricky thing, isn't it? You go, you, you're on the road, and the only places that you really can stop... Yeah, sort of service stations. I mean, you, you have that, you know, if you're driving the length of the country, like the only places really that you're going to, you're going to stop are service stations. Yeah. And when yeah. you get to a venue, chances are you're going to end up with some horrible veggie chili or something, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> that is not to criticize any of the venues that have ever given me veggie chili, just in case they hear that, you know, your veggie chili was beautiful. But the, uh, the truth is, we we tend to eat crap whilst we're away. Uh, we you know you're stuck with McDonald's or KFC or Burger <laughs> King. <laughs> right, you are right. It's not a good energy builder at all. But I would say like you know we just don't have the facilities to cook whilst we're away. Um, and you know when you stop at a hotel, pot noodles and stuff. It's just it's grim. I always say to everybody who like when they when they ask what tours like, it's grim. Yeah. <laughs> it's really grim. when you're doing it on a on a, a, a sort of our level. It is. It's um, you know you are surviving on on rubbish food and yeah. and sort of going around. But yeah, I haven't got an answer for you. <laughs> okay. No, no, it's all right. Because I mean, I, I've, I've spoken to some and they've said, oh, you know, we always take. You know, like you know, equivalent of pot noodles, but just like the ramen packets. All oh, right, and okay. then and like things like that. I mean, I've got like a sort of like um, one recipe, which is uh, it's like the ramen noodle <laughs> with with uh, frozen vegetable. Oh. And if you have the facility, you can pop a poached egg in there. That's but cool. it's like using <laughs> most venues will have a kettle, or hotel will have a kettle, or you know, and things like that. So you've got the facility of boiling water to a point. That's about it, though, isn't it? <laughs> it is, but you think you think that the the energy and noodles and stuff and the vegetables yeah. you're getting, you you know, you're other bits and bobs, but it, it's just 
when I was on tour, you know, like some venues, like you say, they, they'd make a veggie pasta or a veggie chili. Yeah. Um, and you think, oh, great, we're actually going to get fed. Yeah. And, and, you know, nine times out of ten, it was good stuff. I, I can, you know, because you're on tour and you're hungry, essentially. <laughs> but it's literally they just, you know, throw something together, stuck it in the oven. It really is. Uh, they don't really put much effort into it, which is fair enough, you know. But um, the best, I think the best one we ever had, we, we turned up to a venue and they... They were like, right, the food's in the back for you. And we went we went in the back and there was like a platter of veggie burgers. But they weren't just veggie burgers. They were properly done with like, you know, sliced tomato and, you know, all the rest of it. It was, it was brilliant. You know, we, we didn't expect it when we turned up either. So it was a nice, pleasant surprise. But um, I think uh, it, it, we tend just to, you know, stick to butties and... Uh, horrible takeaway and the rest of it so it is a bit grim but yeah yeah uh, no that, that was my sort of thinking behind the book because I, like, I read all these things like you know a touring band makes no money and really? and and things like that and I'm kind of like well at a certain level no because you're getting exposure but they'll talk about <laughs> mid-level bands you're getting paid and all that kind of stuff and I was looking at ways of saving money yeah like by the time like I mean we were going like I was going for 10 years in the same band so we sort of had a certain like ritual or you know routine of tour nice and you know we we went up and down like popularity wise with size of venues yeah so you know the bigger venues yeah we got we got food you know (laughs) we got like you know packaged sandwiches or whatever that's cool yeah and stuff like that so we you know we got a taste of that but then when you sort of you're away for a couple of years or you haven't really toured for a while and you go back and like the smaller venues are taking you but the bigger ones aren't yeah and like your guarantees lower and like you're you know that there's no rider apart from maybe a case of like cheap belgian lager yeah it's like three pound from tesco or whatever and which is great i don't drink but it's great for the guys who do (laughs) they get their drinks but you know and i was like sat here thinking well there's got to be ways of saving money because sometimes you get a buyout of like five pounds or 15 pounds or whatever and you're like okay well with that five pounds you can go to a supermarket and you can pick up some bits that that aren't aren't like you know a mcdonald's big yeah. or whatever you know or burger king yeah definitely you know and there, there, there are ways of surviving on the road for you know a couple of pounds you'd still have money for breakfast in the morning that's it yeah that's true and i think breakfast is probably you know the best the best uh, meal of the day for when you're on tour mm-hmm. you know I, I always find if you have a good breakfast then you don't have to eat until you get to the show. No, I'd usually oh. try and find, um, like, as opposed to, like, service stations, because we normally stay in town. Um, right. You try and find that greasy spoon cafe. That yeah. beautiful greasy spoon, I tell you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I think we played up in, I think we played in Blackpool, or up near that way. There's um, plenty of greasy spoons. I know, no, that's what I was saying. There's, like, there's, there's plenty of places around there. Because um, we played, I think, is it Lancaster as well? Oh man, right. Where, whereabouts? Just out of curiosity, whereabouts? Uh, is it uh, your house? The Alex. Oh man, you're right. Okay, cool. That was a, um, that was a long, long, long. That was a long drive, and it was a long time ago. <laughs> uh, the thing is, the uh, I, we are from, the the band is from Blackpool, but I actually live in Lancaster. Oh, okay. And so uh, you know, um, the Alex was was where I went to as a teen. To uh, to go and party every weekend. So okay. that's yeah. Before it closed out, it's closed now. Obviously. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's uh, that was where I cut my teeth. Really, oh. 
regards sort of you know bands and music and all the rest of it so it's pretty cool that you played there yeah yeah, yeah. no it was it was a it was a, it was a good gig i mean it was a one-off gig for us and i don't know why we accept because it was so far away right we traveled up in a tiny car with our equipment in the back as as most of it was like early in our sort of like band career so to speak but it was the first time we'd been that far north right Got you. um but we played there and they had our name wrong on the poster I do. And <laughs> it was, that's a common thing through our career. I was probably so. that, you know, I was probably there. Uh, you may have been. It was like, a, it was a kind of punk, it was a punk gig. Right. As such, but we weren't a punk band. Got you. We Got were you. kind of in the vein of new metal, so. What's your band name? Uh, we were called Zero Cypher. I think I was at that gig. Oh, that's right. incredible. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, had us, they had us on the poster as the Zero Cyphers. Right. Um, this is how it sticks in my memory because it was like one of the only time that we've ever been referred to like that. Because it was like Zero Kipper and stuff like that was the other ones. Nice. Cipher with a Y. Cipher spelled differently from where we spell it. So. But yeah, no, I was the um, I was a turntable or scratcher in the band. So nice. DJ. Nice. Um, but yeah, no, we played. It was like we played there and we went down really well from what I remember. And then we had to drive the five six hours back after the show. God, nightmare. Because we're yeah. from like South London area, so it is. It's a four to five hour journey, that isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it was a crazy. It was a crazy night, but it really sort of set us up for the rest of the time we were together and stuff. So yeah. it sort of, it, you know, it was a kind of more of a test. Yeah, because if we could survive that without bickering, without fighting, without crashing, then, um, running out of petrol or breaking down, or yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, we did it, you know, and it, and then we went on from there and we, we toured UK, Europe, um, and, like, did all that kind of stuff that, you know, we, we got to tour with some of the bands that we, or play with bands that we sort of admired and stuff as well, so. Uh, it's definitely good that you got to do that, yeah. Yeah, no, it was crazy if you were there, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, that's cool. Um, uh, like, back with touring. Mm. Um an essential item to take with you not not your like uh, bar the band equipment because obviously yeah. that, that's essential it's pretty but essential yeah. one other thing you could recommend any sort of new band to take on tour with them that they wouldn't normally remember or you know wouldn't normally associate with got you got you i've got two okay um first one is antiseptic wipes um if you are if you are stuck in a van all day if you're g going on stage uh, and you're following, you know, other bands and whatnot, having an antiseptic wipe to wipe the microphone with is is kind of, yeah. you know, essential. Also, second one, earplugs, and not because of the live performance, because you're sharing a room with three other guys that are snoring their heads. <laughs> so uh, you have to get to sleep. So uh, earplugs, definitely. Yeah. I, first time we went on tour. I had to sleep in the like we were all we we booked like a three person room and we snuck in another person uh, into the hotel room. So there was four of us in this tiny little budget hotel. Uh, I was in bed with one of the other band members, and that guy snored like the the room would shake with how much he snored. Yeah. So uh, and I was without earplugs, so for for like three or four days on the trot, I didn't sleep. Oh. So I would say earplugs are essential. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I was the snorer. Oh, damn it! Yeah. No, I, 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 I was punched. I was smothered. <laughs> um, 
because like we sleep you yeah we'd, we'd sleep in a van because we had our own like minibus and we nice. kind nice. of semi-converted it into a tour bus um so the sort of row of seats turn into a bed at night and then you know anyway no i i'd, I'd fall asleep and then um i'd get like a sharp pain in my arm I'd wake up. I was like, ow, what, what? And then it turned out that they were punching me because I was snoring so loudly. And they'd like, I'd wake up and there'd be a pillow like just roughly over my face. (laughs) And like, uh, it's just kind of, it was a bit like, uh, okay, fine. And then I started getting my own hotel room and they had to sleep in the van. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was was more out of spite, but our sound engineer was fine. I guess he had earplugs. Right. Oh, don't worry, I'll come in there. And, you know, because it was like, I had two like double beds, so... Nice. you know one of them going i'd sneak them in in the morning so everyone could like shower and stuff but right it's um yeah no i i was on the other side of that so i can understand the earplug side of and things. the guy that falls asleep really quickly as well because there's nothing worse than a guy that snores that's the first person to fall asleep you know <laughs> I, I take a little while to fall asleep me so by the time i'm ready to go to sleep everyone's already snoring so <laughs> I need those earplugs, definitely. Yes, no, that's that's a good one. That's a good one, and the antiseptic wipes as well. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. we used to we used to pack our own microphones, <sighs> just like for the like the same reason. Yeah, because yeah. we'd have like you know you'd have like smelly mic syndrome, oh, and it, you know it smells partially of vomit and partially of spit, yeah. and you just kind of like, and you wonder how many other people have used that microphone that around their mouth. Yeah, it's yeah. just like. So and you know how some vocalists like to like really cup it against their face and yeah yeah spit into it and all the rest of yeah. it. So we we ended up packaging like I've got my own. I'm using it right now. I've got an SM58. It's my tour mic. That nice for this. So it's um yeah. No, I used to tell everyone and then occasionally just change the head whenever it got to that level of you know, <laughs> smelliness. But yeah, no, I agree with that that one. And um yeah, as actually as a vocalist as well. Um, yeah. How. This is one question I see a lot and I get asked as well. Um, how do you maintain your voice on the road? Um, well, I think the most important part, uh, the most important time is straight after you've come off stage. Um, I think you need to uh, sort of, you know, look after your voice straight away as soon as you come off. So you'll find a lot of people going straight onto the booze as soon as they come off stage, which I don't. I have to have a hot drink straight away just to sort out my vocal cords and then sort of after that that's fine but um yeah i mean i'm i'm i think i'm really lucky i I've, the bands that we've been on tour with i've known people to come off stage you know on tour they've come off stage and then their voice is totally broken yeah. totally broken and they, they have to spend the whole day the next day sorting their voice out before they go on stage i'm one of these guys that sort of you know can just go for a week and it, it doesn't seem to affect it that much at all in fact it probably gets better the more and more i go on mm. um so yeah I've, I've, i don't really have to maintain it a, a lot but i always look after it as soon as i've come off stage yeah as um i think that's the time when you know it, it you can cause most damage if you come off stage and then just start drinking uh booze straight away which a lot of people do um, then I, I reckon it can wreck your, your vocal cords. But I think uh, a hot cup of tea or, or something straight after you've finished yeah. sorts me right out anyway. Definitely. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I, I, I learned that like through trial and error. Yeah. So it was like, because uh, obviously in the band I was in, I was screaming a lot. Yeah. You know, yeah. Shouting. So you do, you stretch your vocal cords. I mean, I warm them up. So, you know, I did like 
whatever you can do in scale wise and stuff and just sort of gave it that like little bit of heat to start with yeah um but then after the show that was when it was like because normally you'd be chugging like ice cold water yeah and and it, and it should be like i learned that it should be like room temperature water yeah if definitely. anything um and then like you say with the hot drinks i used to have like sort of hot lemon and honey if yeah. i had it or like I said, a cup of tea yeah you know but like before i was like you know you you chug a Red Bull, you chug water, you, yeah. you know, and, and that, that's where the damage happened because the next day I'm croaking. Yeah, still. That's, that's it. You yeah. know, and then you're told to be quiet for the rest of the day <laughs> and that's really difficult, especially when you double up as the manager of the band. Right. And yeah. <laughs> it, it's like, you know, you're the tour manager or whatever, you know, you're looking after all the stuff going on. I know that one. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it, it's just having that, um, not having that voice was really difficult. Yeah. So then after a while, I started seeking the advice of other bands we were playing with. And that was it. Yeah. It was like a hot drink. Hot drinks. You right, know, right. You're, you're hot and sweaty after a show. Don't go out into the cold. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's just wrap a towel over your head or whatever. And just to sort of like, you know, soak up the sweat and stuff, Definitely. but just like, just, you know, warm it down, have a warm drink. Yeah. You know, yeah. just cause your voice is, you know, your vocal like uh, cords have stretched. And they're That's raw, and you need to soothe them. And heat, <laughs> heat will soothe them. Heat will know. soothe. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I learned that as well. You know, <clears throat> there was uh, <clears throat> a band in the UK called Anti Vigilante that we went on tour with, mm. and uh, they would come off stage and would have a ritual of lemon and ginger. They'd have, like they'd have flasks with them, and they'd uh, they drink those before they even packed up. So. Yeah, I, you, I think you kind of pick up things when you're touring with bands as well. You kind of start your first tour off, you don't really sort of have an idea, you know, you're just sort of in in the van and you, you, you're driving around. But that's the thing that I've enjoyed most is is sort of meeting the other bands and sort of learning from them as well. But yeah, cool. Okay, well, thank you, Mark. Well, thank you. Cheers. And, um, yeah, um, have a good rest of your day. I think it was... Uh... So yeah, you still got the rest of the day left there, haven't yes. you? <laughs> it's about here, so yeah. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, okay, man. Well, thank you very much, and um, yeah, I'll speak to you soon. Excellent. Cheers, dude. Cool, man. Take it easy. Bye, bye. As episode two comes to a close, I want to say thank you for listening. Also, if you can leave some feedback on iTunes and Stitcher, that will be awesome. Um, you can buy the Karma Party Illuminations off iTunes. And via their band camp, which is thekarmaparty.bandcamp.com. Uh, you can go to their website, thekarmaparty.co.uk, and all their stuff's there. I'd recommend getting both EPs if you've got the money. Uh, I believe they're both on Spotify as well, if you wanted to just to check them out before you bought them. Finally, my sponsorship again, which I came at you straight away on the first episode, but I've left it till the end here. So just if you can use the Amazon links off my website, that would be awesome. Um, it just helps me pay for the bandwidth, the web space and all that kind of stuff that comes along with, with podcasting. Um, don't, I'm not pressuring anyone to do it, but it would be nice if you could. Uh, yeah, you just literally, I've got for Amazon links for the USA and for the UK, which means if you go to my website, djforcex.com, click through the link. It just takes you through to Amazon. It's not costing you any extra money. It's just if you buy something, they throw a couple of percent back at me uh, just purely for the advertising. Um, so if you could do that, that would be awesome. I've got a few other links on my site as well. If you want to check them out, it might be something you're into. But I've also got uh, a shop, a cafepress.com, 
forward slash DJ Force X. Um, and I've got T-shirts. I've got uh, car magnets. I've got. I've even got stuff for your pets, which is kind of awesome if you got a dog. If not, then kind of useless. Anyway. This has been me, Barney, a.k.a. DJ Force X. So until next week, this is DJ Force X. Out.